Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. And this is Paul. And welcome to another Star Trek with Aaron and Polly double feature, where we're going to talk to you this time about episodes two and three of Star Trek Discovery season three. Very exciting. Now, Aaron, sir, before we get into our discussion of these episodes, uh huh, I do have a question to ask you. Oh dear, <laughs> why do you make me do this? Because what do you mean? why do I make you do this? Why do you make me talk about bad Star Trek shows? Can't we just do the good ones? Can't we just do the good ones? Just the good ones? Just lower decks. That's 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 pretty much it. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. I, I will admit we're three episodes into to Discovery Season 3. Mm-hmm. And I have found these episodes to be wildly uneven. In fact, mm-hmm. of the of the three episodes I've seen so far, I think only one of them is worth a second viewing. Um, are, are you feeling that all three have been turds? <sighs> I feel like the second episode was better than the first. Uh-huh. But then... Uh, that's how I felt like that 15 minutes into the episode, but then it started to get not good. <laughs> and I felt very, I felt like that third episode was, was really bad. Uh, like, it was I, genuinely bad. Not just uneven, but bad. Like it, it, it was not good. I, you know, I, I, I don't disagree with you, but let's, let's take them in order. Yeah. Let's, okay. Let's, let's, so, so Star Trek, uh, discovery episode two, which was far from home. Mm-hmm. Um, do I have that right? Is it far from home? Uh, yes. yeah. So, you know, this, it picks up with the discovery entering through the wormhole. And so, you know, a lot of the conversation that Paul and I had, uh, in our last discussion was how irritated I was that we, you know, had to break up the the band. You know, you had Michael Burnham in one place and clearly the discovery crew in another place. And, you know, we were going to spend some time getting them back together. So, the good news is is that we didn't have to wait to find out what happened to the Discovery crew other than one week. Yeah, which was nice. You know, the fact yeah. that they, the, the band got back together after two episodes, I'm good with that. And I got to say, I was pretty happy with this episode. I thought the the second ep- episode of this season was very entertaining. <laughs> Excuse me. I enjoyed seeing all my characters again. I I am I am suspicious of Detmer. You know, she's got a little bit of electronics in her head. I, I'm concerned that she might have some control going on there. See, I think uh, she just has PTSD. That, that's I, the impression I'm getting from her. And that might be the case. Or she could be a a uh, control double agent and should probably be executed right away. Very Also very possible. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't trust her. You know, she is, uh, she's a gearhead. 
you know, because she's got gears in her head. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I don't trust her, Paul. She's not one of us. She is less than human. Uh, not untrue. Not untrue. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed being back with those characters. I thought... For the first time, I really thought that the relationship between Jet and uh, Anthony Rapp's character, whose name I'm suddenly drawing out. Stamets. Yes, yeah, uh, Stamets. Uh, really worked. I loved her giving him shit through the whole episode. Um, I, I, I dug the episode. I, I was very happy with it. And, of course, at the very end of the episode... Michael Burnham uh, rides to the rescue, and we discover that it's been a year since Michael Burnham came through the wormhole, and she has been looking for, looking for, and waiting for the crew. And apparently, as we find out in episode three, she'd actually kind of given up the search, had thought that maybe they weren't coming, and kind of mm-hmm. moved on with her life. But you know, she comes, she she uh, saves them at the end of the episode, yada yada. And so I ended that episode thinking, man, we are back on track. Okay, but I'll also tell you, I ended that episode going, you know what? I think this should have been the first episode of the season. Yeah, I like combine that- them into one. We've had that conversation about a. Co- we had that conversation about the first season. Like they should have just been combined as one. Well, I, either that or make it the first episode of the season, and then you get the backstory when Michael Burnham saves them about where she's been for the last year. Ah, good right? point. Good point. Actually, because I, I find that. Because so, I feel like you're about to move on to the second episode, and I'm not ready, Aaron. Third I'm episode. Not. Third episode. Second episode. This discussion. Third episode. This season. <laughs> um, you're not ready. I'm going too far. More foreplay, Paul. Yeah, more foreplay. <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed much of the second episode. I enjoyed. I did too. The interaction of the characters. Um, you know, the 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 crew. I enjoyed seeing the crew again. It just reminded me how much I appreciate everyone on the show more than Burnham. Um, my struggles with issue two were. In the conflict, um, I felt by relegating the conflict to one scene within a bar, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I, I, Aaron asked me right before this podcast, he's like, "Hey, do you want to talk about Mandalorian in addition to Star Trek Discovery?" And I said, "No," but I feel like the the Western type conflict it should be relegated to Star Wars, not Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And so when they had the saloon doors opening and the bandits coming in and the bad guy and, you know, who, 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 you know, who, who runs the town, <clears throat> excuse me, runs the town. I was like, this bad guy is kind of a bitch. Like, I, I really didn't care the, 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 the bad guy wasn't terribly menacing. Yes, he killed one guy, but then, you know, Giorgio came in and, and in a not well filmed action sequence actually i i I noticed that too i'm like wow you know you got an actress of her caliber you know who is as physical as she is Mm -hmm. and i mean just that was a big nothing burger yeah i I was was just like wow what a what a lost opportunity yeah and i feel maybe the problem was with the direction on that episode because there there was no tension the action wasn't well filmed or well choreographed and that and that's really Uncharacteristic of of Olatunde Osinsami, who directed the uh, the first two episodes. Um, I I I was surprised at how uneven those two episodes were. Yeah, episodes I, one and two. Um, you know, but again, you know, the crew themselves, seeing the crew, um, you know, Tilly and Saru and and Dem, De, 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 Detmer, Detmer. Detmer. Um, Stamets and, you know, seeing Stamets reconcile with, um, the doctor whose character's name, I don't recall, Culber, Culber. 
Um, you know, I, I enjoyed all that. I enjoyed all of those interactions and it reminded me how much I, I missed that from episode one because in episode one, it was Burnham and book yeah. and there was no chemistry between them. And, you know, it was all about the strange new world. And so seeing the ship and, and, you know, that, that, that's that aspect of the episode, I truly enjoyed, um, you know, and, and there's one thing I want to say, Aaron, as we, as we, you know, talk about these episodes, I, I posted this on Twitter. Oh dear. Years ago in 2008, I was, it was our first year invited to cover Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios Orlando as invited media guests, mm -hmm. um, 2008. And in that event, I got to meet a number of famous people. I got to meet Dee Snyder. I got to meet Brian O'Halloran from Clerks. And I got to meet Doug Jones. I remember. And, you know, I friend I of the podcast, Doug Jones. Friend of the podcast. Friend of our YouTube channel, Doug Jones. He actually oh, I, did a little yeah, video. Yeah, I noticed that you call that out. You know, yeah. None of, the yeah. None of this podcast crap, Aaron. Friend of the YouTube channel. Friend of IOM Geek. How about that? <laughs> um, and so, you know. I met him. We, we had quite a lengthy conversation. You know, I mean, he was just there. We, we talked for probably a solid 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, you know, he talked to me at the time about how Guillermo del Toro wanted him to play Frankenstein's monster and they were trying to make it happen and it never happened. But I mean, the, the, you could Google it. Like it was a real story. We spent quite a bit of time chatting. We took some pictures together. He did a little video for us. At the end of it, I went to shake his hand. He's like, we're friends now. Friends hug. Never mind that he hasn't contacted me since then. Yeah, but, what the what the fuck, Doug Jones? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now, don't get me wrong, that is a very memorable experience for me. Probably my most memorable celebrity experience. Because at the time, you know, he was I, I was familiar with him from Hellboy and things like that. Right. Um, you know, in his Guillermo del Toro films. But now Doug Jones is a goddamn Starfleet captain. And, yeah. you know, there's only so many people that can say that they were a Starfleet captain at the head of a Star Trek show. There's, you know, there, you got your William Shatner's, you've got your uh, Patrick Stewart, your Avery Brooks, your Catherine Mulgrew, um, Scott Bakula, and now Doug Jones. That's crazy. And right? you knew him when? You knew him knew when? Him. And he gave me a hug. That's and right. And he said we were friends, even though he hasn't contacted me since. And now, if you were to meet him, he'd probably do one of those uh, Stephen Amell hugs with you. Oh, yeah. Where his hand just hovers above your body. <laughs> <laughs> well, since uh, Paul moved us into episode three, where, uh, where indeed uh, Saru and Michael Burnham have the conversation, which one of us is going to you know, sit in the center seat? And I, I thought it was an appropriate uh, concession that Michael Burnham makes where she says, you know, it was never me. It was always you, you know, I mean, I never, I never saw her in that seat. Right. Uh, Saru has done the time, you know, he had, we have seen his character grow. You know, he's not afraid of everything anymore. Uh, I, I, I was, I was happy to see him officially become captain of the ship. And I got to tell you, while I think the uh, direction and writing, uh, particularly for episode three, was hideous, uh, I enjoyed Saru a great deal on screen in both episodes two and three. And the thing that disappoints me so much about episode three, Paul, mm -hmm. uh, is I feel like there are so many errors made in the direction. There is a lot of, of, of smiling in earnestness. And, you know, isn't isn't our friendship wonderful? Aren't we wonderful friends? 
is it, you know, we, we're, we're Starfleet. We're better than all of this and we'll all smile because of our shared values. Um, and it all just seemed so saccharine sweet. And I lay that right at the feet of Jonathan Frakes, who directed episode three. He directed and I, that episode? He directed that piece of shit episode. And I hate to say that about my Frakes, because, you know, I, 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 I love that guy from, from way back, but man, this was a turd. Um, it was, I, it was, it was quite terrible. And it was, yeah. it was one of these episodes where there is honestly much like episode two, but, exacerbated you know in episode two the, the at least the bad guys felt like bad guys in this episode it really kind of felt like a jokey episode like there was there was a conflict but it was treated so you know so nonchalantly like like there was no tension you know there was a bad guy but you know mm-hmm. the bad guy was was really kind of like you know the the, the resolution of that storyline was hey we're gonna take we're, just like Scooby Doo we're gonna take your mask off that's right and now, you, and now you have to talk it out I'd have gotten away with it if it wasn't for these stupid kids yeah and yeah. then you know they introduce um a six a fifteen fifteen sixteen a sixteen year old character who already annoys me uh huh um you know who who sabotages sabotages the, the discovery and the crew that he came in with yeah and really is you know it's treated like ah you kids yeah and and then they invite him to stay on the discovery i find everything about this episode to be it it, it was like it was like they decided you know what we're just gonna make an episode without any real stakes or impact or or Uh anything because you know this the whole point of this episode was that they were going to earth you know to, to find out what happened to starfleet they got to earth and then they hugged a tree, but I don't uh-huh. feel like there was any real anything yeah. that came out of that story. They literally hugged a tree. I mean, I, I I finished the episode going, you know what? If I didn't love me some Star Trek so much, I think I'd be hard out. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I finished this when I finished this episode. I was like, I need to talk to Aaron about why he's making me record this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, I, and again, Jonathan Frakes, what are you doing to me, man? I mean, he has he, Jonathan Frakes has single handedly brought me so much joy in 2020 between, you know, his his, you know, stellar turn on Star Trek Picard, both as a director and as an actor. Uh, his appearance on L- Lower Decks was nothing but joyous. And so, I mean, I I was ready with a fork and a knife ready to get into this episode when when I watched it last week. And man, I mean, I I uh I wow, I I just thought it was terrible. I thought it was terrible from tip to toe. Yeah. I I, I literally can't think I of I can't think of anything I liked about this episode. Let me clarify. No, no. There's two things I like. I liked about, I liked Doug Jones and his inter- <laughs> I like a friend of funny books, Doug Jones. Yeah, Saru um, no. was great. Saru was great, and Stamets and um, I did like. Yeah, you're right, Stamets and uh, Tilly. I'm sorry, Tilly. No, no, the um, the Tignataro's character. Oh, Jet. Jet. Yeah. Stamet and uh, Stamets and Jets. Yeah, but that's episode two fantastic. mostly. Was but they mostly interact in this episode, two. right? Yeah. Because he. Um, Oh no, that's true. Yeah. I, sorry, I did watch them back to back. It's mostly just Stamets on his own interacting Correct. with that annoying sixteen-year-old in Correct. this episode. And I actually did not like him in this episode because he's got he's tilting his head and he's being real smarmy about yeah. you know knowing you know I you know things but I know things. Mm. I, I found him. I, I found Anthony Rapp's performance 
excruciating in this episode, to be perfectly honest, just as I found Michael Burnham's performance in this episode excruciating. I mean, there was a lot of just... It was because, a lot of, like, hamming at the camera. Which I don't um, understand, right? Like, after yeah. the first two episodes, I understand they're trying to take a more lighthearted approach and inject humor. Yeah. But this wasn't humor. Like, there was nothing no. funny in this episode. There was no humor in this episode. There was just heavy-handed hamming it up. Yeah. And, and I think that's – I ever when I look back at the episode, you know, when I think back on it, I just remember them just sort of hamming at the camera and smiling and squinty eyes. And, and yet none of the emotion that they were pushing had been earned, right? Yeah. Um, I, I just I, – I, I really didn't get it. And, you know, I understand from a character standpoint why Michael Burnham – would be so excited and emotional about, you know, being reunited with her friends because it's been a year for her. For them, it's been less than two days. And and they're all acting like, holy fuck, we never thought we were going to see you again. Well, if that's the case, why the hell did you go through the wormhole? I did catch that, right? You know, that that was another aspect of the episode. And we're going to beat the shit out of this episode, just FYI. And and notice that it's episode three, because episode three was egregious. Episode two was was okay, but Uh not, like, offensive. Episode three was offensive. And you made a very stark point, which, you know, a good point, which happened at the beginning of the episode, which was... They genuinely, you know, treated that be- that that um, that the the sequence where they're all hugging and emotional yeah. and the, the you know the reunion. One, it's only been a week for us. Uh-huh. Two weeks. Two weeks for us. Two, it's only been a day or two. I think it's been like a day and a half by the time it's all said <laughs> for and the done. discovery. If it's that, it's been a year for her. Like I would get why she would be emotional. Yeah, but you know, there should have been some type of um, acknowledgement that. Like, I just saw you day before yesterday. But, you know, this it was it was Army veteran coming home from the war at the airport, you know, mugging on him at the terminal level of reunion. And I don't understand it. I don't understand, you know, why Tilly's running across the bridge to her, you know. I, I, I literally don't understand it. And <laughs> it's bad writing. And, you know, yeah. the like like I said, you know, for the Discovery crew, it, it may have been 36 hours. I don't think it was. I think it was less than 24. Because remember, you know, it's at the end of the ice cycle that they're trying to get off the planet and they can't, right? And and the, the ship descends yeah. over them. So, I mean, I, it may have just been a day. Yeah, because they even said at the beginning of that, you know, in that episode that it would take six hours to fix what right. they needed to fix. And, you know, it, it got fixed and they were about to leave. And that's when yeah, Burnham so, shows up. So not even a day. Not right? even a day. Not even a day. And they're all acting like they they hadn't seen, you know, Michael Burnham in forever. At the yeah. end of episode two, Anthony Rapp's character, Stamets, can barely stand. He is still so injured from his injuries sustained at the end of season two. Right. And keep in mind, we're talking about just a small number of hours. There is no acknowledgement, you know, in episode three of how desperately wounded he was in episode two. He's walking around, being smarmy, back to normal, hair perfectly parted. I, I was just like, you know, this guy was practically dead in a Jeffries tube just a couple of hours ago, but we're acting like you know nothing, nothing's, nothing's wrong with him now. I mean, that that bothered the hell out of me. 
And no time has passed between those episodes. But I, you right. know, I think that was part of the point you were trying to make. Like, yeah. literally no time has passed between those episodes. Yeah. Because Burnham saves them at the beginning, and, you know, it rolls right into, or saves them at the end of the previous episode, and it rolls right into this episode. Yeah. Well, and it seems like he, he I, <laughs> I mean, I understand you know, what the story needed from him. I just needed some, you know, let's address the fact that he's going to go spore drive jump us across the quadrant. And he was almost passed out in a Jeffrey's tube just a couple of hours ago. Yeah. That's what I don't understand. Cause he's like, okay, I can go do this thing. I can go, you know, jump us across the galaxy, you know, no problem. And but, you know, what are they setting up with that 16 year old character? Are they setting up a Wesley Crusher situation? What are they, I mean, I just, I don't understand the injection. I, I get one. It seemed a little weird. Didn't like Booker left at the end of the third episode. I kind of assumed Booker was going to join the crew. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on there either. It seems weird. Though oh. I will say I really disliked him in the first episode, liking him more in the third episode. Agreed. Uh, but maybe it's because the rest of the episode was so bad that I liked him more. <laughs> and it, you know, it helped me that they gave me his full name, you know, Cleveland Booker, Book yeah. being his nickname. I'm like, okay, I can live with that. You know, I can see, you know, calling him Book if his name's Booker. But, uh, you know, I, I, I had issues with his name in the first episode. Well, he signed on for 12 episodes, so I'm assuming he's going to be back. Yeah, no, I, I think that, you know, we're, he's going to come back and they've just separated him artificially versus just, you know, keeping him with the ship. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, there are just very, there are just quite a few issues, right? The, 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 the episode doesn't work. And I think that's part of the issue. It, or the, the, I think for me that, that really just kind of cements what the overall issue I had with it is it just doesn't work. The, the storyline of the third episode doesn't work. The conflict doesn't work. Yeah. Um, like it just doesn't really fit. And, and I, I will say, I think that the, the script is hopelessly flawed. For episode mm-hmm. three. And so I'm not sure what Jonathan Frakes could have done to save this episode other than make me not hate it quite so much. But I, I feel like a lot of what I see in and what I responded to was direction, not writing, even though the writing in the episode was terrible. Agreed. Uh, I, I don't like being in this position where I've got to complain so vociferously about uh, Star Trek. It's, it's not my nature. I like to complain a little bit about Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to have to say, wow, of the three episodes we've gotten so far, most of them are crap. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Well, and, uh, I mean, and that's what we've gotten. That, there's four, four, 13 episodes this season. We've got uh-huh. another two Jonathan Frakes episodes, at least we've got, you know, um, the, the, the episode titles have been released for all the episodes, including episode seven, which is titled Unification Three, which I'm assuming very, probably has to do with uh, Burnham finding out what happened with Spock, what happened to Vulcan, that kind of stuff in, in her absence. Um, I do have one odd quirk that, that I, I have a complaint about. Um, an additional quirk that I have complained about. Okay, so first of all, Star Trek Discovery Season 3, it's already been renewed for Season 4, CBS All Access, which, and I think, I don't know if it was announced before we recorded um, the last episode or after, but they've announced that Discovery Season 4 is proceeding. Um, episode 3, People of Earth, which we've been hating on, uh-huh. you know, was very much established that, you know, they, 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 they are... The Discovery was seeking out Earth, um, and they come across Earth. Earth looks relatively the same in the year 3200. Star Trek is science fiction. 
haven't we kind of gotten the impression from scientists that there won't be an Earth in 3200? Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it. You know, this is this is the Paul who was questioning why did their comms work at all in thir- in 900 years? Like, there's no like the, it's not the same <laughs> Wi-Fi. Like, I can't bring my freaking cell phone to the year 3000 and have it work. Um, like, wouldn't Earth? And maybe the answer is, well, Starfleet came around and prevented all that from happening. But wouldn't Earth be pretty much just like a cigarette burn in the middle of the galaxy? Are you talking about in terms of uh, of uh, climate science? Is that what climate you're talking about? Climate science, the sun. Um, well, the, the, the sun's got thousands of years left on it. Okay, fair. But, the, but yeah, uh, more about the climate, you know, more about okay. the climate science behind it. Well, I, if you follow, if you follow the... You know, Star Trek future history, mm-hmm. you know, all of that is averted by the time you get to the 23rd century because man has, has become smart. And so, you know, because you, you had the uh, World War Three back in the 90s. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, man learns from that and then redeems its climate. You know, uh, okay. Star Trek four, we go back in time to get whales so that we can continue to supporting the climate. Fair, so fair. so, okay. you know, the 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 fear of climate change, greenhouse gases, yada, yada, Starfleet, the Federation, they've taken care of all of that crap. But I mean, wouldn't San Francisco? Well, I guess I feel like San Francisco would be gone, but. Again, Starfleet averted all that crap. The whales. Okay, okay. I'm reading too much into it. I still don't think their comm should. I think you're. I think you're confusing uh, our real future versus our Star Trek. <laughs> exactly. Future. It depends on how you vote <laughs> tomorrow, Aaron. No. <laughs> we're recording this on the day before election day, folks. Uh, so we're, we're a little keyed up. But uh, you know, Paul, I think I think you would be happier if you okay. just subscribe to Amazon's Star Trek universe monthly t-shirt club <laughs> would i i think you'd be happier if you just got a fresh star trek themed t-shirt every month 100 percent cotton you know some kind of graphic representation of your star trek nerd nerddom it's only 17.95 a month uh, shipped so uh, I, I think you'd be happier if you did that paul well I, i'm just full disclosure i'm not going to but you know, I, actually, I appreciate the huh. invite. Um, huh. But what I, I will come with my own recommendation, Aaron, if sir. that is your real name, A. A. Ron. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, so you know, we we have talked long and hard on this podcast about our our love for Lower Decks. Yes, I love it, Paul. I love it too. It's a great show. Great show. Yeah. Uh, you know, now the creator of Lower Decks, Mike McMahon, um, you know, obvious was one of the initial or creators um, or comedy writers or whatever of Rick and Morty, and uh, he he's one of the first writers of the series. Uh, you know, he, he he's you know uh, of Rick and Morty before moving on to Lower Decks and other and other things. Um, Rick and Morty season four is now on your HBO Max. Um, including the Emmy Award-winning Vat of Acid episode, written by comic writer Jeff Loveness, um, who's kind of uh, one of the the main writers of Season 4 of Rick and Morty. I very much recommend for anyone who enjoys Lower Decks to check out some of that Season 4 of Rick and Morty. Um, Lots of fun science fiction, um, and that Vat of Acid episode that won the Emmy Award for Best Daytime um, Animated Program, I think it's what it was, or I don't know, what is it? Um, some some type of stupid, crazy award. Um, 
that I should probably ha- have in front of me. Uh, the Primetime <laughs> Emmy Award for Outstanding Animated Program um, for the Vat of, episode, Vat of, episode, acid Vat of Episodes. The Vat of Episodes? The Vat of Episodes. It's available right now on uh, on HBO Max if you're a subscriber. Well, I, will check out that. That. I will check out that episode Yes, and see if it changes my opinion. I've watched uh, a couple of episodes of the first season of Rick and Morty and did not care for it. It is... It is not something that you love immediately. Um, I, 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 can, I, would, I, can, I can acknowledge the truth yeah. of that. Um, but I will say, unlike other shows where we're like, oh, it picks up by season two, I feel like by the end of season one, by midway into season one, I was hooked on Rick and Morty. Um, well, I'll, I'll give that a shot, Paul. Yeah. The Vat of Episodes. Yeah, the Vat of Acid episode. <laughs> Written by Jeff Loveness. Jeff Loveness, known for his work on The Office. Mm-hmm. And uh, and, a, and a bunch of comic books, including Spider-Man and Nova and Groot. Okay. All right. I'll give it a shot. Well, we want to know if you gave it a shot and what you think of Season 3 of Star Trek Discovery. Give us a call at 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You could also send us texts and or dick pics. Oh, oh that, uh, please no, no dick pics. Unless <laughs> it's double, phone, not mine. unless it's a double dick pic. If you're Klingon, <laughs> Klingon, dick. <laughs> unless it's got three boobs in it, um, <laughs> uh, or or you can hit us up on social media with appropriate uh, <laughs> pictures and with or appropriate commentary. media. Yeah. Uh, I O M Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Very good. Well, Paul. Yes, sir. We're gonna do it all over again next week. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll do it. We'll, we'll talk to you later. Catch you later. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903. Tribble wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade. 